0: Welcome to the Portage County Safety Council Podcast. We hope you enjoy today's featured message. Good afternoon, everybody. How's everybody doing on this nice spring day? I'm going to try to keep everybody engaged as much as I can today, and I do tend to walk around a little bit. Covering several things today, first thing we're going to talk about a little bit of safety culture. I like to talk about Think ahead one step beyond the task that you're doing. How many people here are union employers? Just curious. Okay. This probably applies to you more so. And I only say that because I used to be safety director at a union facility. And the union mentality still today is your supervisor, your foreman, your superintendent gives you a task and the typical worker, skilled tradesman, puts the blinders on, goes and does the task. Does not think about what happens if something goes wrong or they make a bad decision. So the first thing we're going to talk about a little bit here is the human condition. We like to get you to think about what happens next. If I do something, if I make a decision for a particular task or action, what might happen next? So here's six workers going to work. As you can tell in the background, it's a small construction site. Okay, They've got their PPE on. They're ready to go. Team lifting. Some of these photos I've taken throughout my career, some of them I've borrowed or gotten off the Internet from colleagues. This was actually taken at the O'Hare Airport in Chicago. I don't know how well you can see that with the lighting, but there's a gentleman standing on the top step of a step ladder in the main concourse in a puddle of water. Anybody here from OSHA compliance officers? Okay. Most of you should be aware that the OSHA fines now, first offense fine for a safety violation is in excess of $12,000. That's per occurrence per day. So if I'm OSHA compliance, right there, Twenty-four to $25,000 in fines, improper use of the ladder, and walking working surfaces violation for that little puddle on the floor. Now that guy made a decision at some point throughout this workday to get up on the top of that ladder. Now how many of us have done this either at work or at home? I'll be honest, I've done it. If you think your employees don't, you're kidding yourselves. Unless you train them properly, provide them with the right equipment, and enforce your policies and procedures, this will happen. They're going to do the same actions at work that they do at home. How about this one? Now, we zoomed in on this guy because he was really happy to have his picture taken. And I'm assuming that he just accidentally walked up the stairs and picked up the bottom of that ladder when the guy coming down the stairs walked up the other side. But what he's not thinking about, and I mean this gentleman up here, what's his fall potential? 10 feet? He's probably thinking four because he's on the fourth step of the ladder. What he's not thinking about is if he falls to his left, he's over the railing and down another flight of stairs. This didn't happen by accident, okay? And this is one of those situations where we've probably done this a 100 times before and nothing's happened, but the potential is there. Some of you may have seen this one. It's been all over the internet. This is actually in Europe on an active highway, four lanes, no traffic barricading, no flagman. Now, the question I have is how long did it take him to make that ladder? Okay. Instead of renting a lift or a bucket truck and doing it the right way. So changing that bulb that day was the most important thing in that gentleman's life because he did everything he could do to get it accomplished. I give him an A-plus a for MacGyvering, but not the safest thing in the world. We like to talk at Warner Ladder Fall Protection about work like you would walk the traffic side. And what we mean by that is how many kid, people here have small children or had small children at one point in time. So if you're taking them out for a walk, particularly a day like today, we like to think you're going to put them the farthest away from traffic if there's no sidewalks. <laughs> You're thinking of their safety ahead of time. Should be the same way with your coworkers. You see them doing something wrong, bring it to their attention respectfully, okay? No name calling, but let them know, hey, that's probably not the right way to use that ladder or piece of equipment. You could get hurt or worse. How about this one? Anybody here ever done this? Somebody's not being honest. I first got this photograph sent to me and I thought, okay, so we got the ladder in the front end loader, no fault protection, changing a light bulb. What I didn't realize at first is, that's not a light. No, that's another person's leg. There are two people up there. Now, I'm sure that that aluminum ladder is rated for 450 pounds, correct? Then there's my buddy that should be working for Barnum and Bailey. Two ladders stacked on top of each other. Now, he at least thought ahead a little bit. He's got somebody down here to help hold the ladder. But what he's not thinking about is where's this ladder going to go if it disengages? Gravity's always going to win. What goes up will come down. You've all seen this one, I'm sure. Three foot of water, aluminum ladder, corded power tool. What's wrong with this? But he's wearing his goggles. If he drops that drill, at least he is getting a new hairstyle. Don't know about anybody else that's in contact with the water. So you get the idea. Got a couple more. This guy here really worked at it. Set up one ladder, carried the second ladder up. It's the only way it could have got there. What's he doing up there? He's either topping or limbing that tree. So when that piece of wood comes off that tree and falls, there's a good chance either the tree's going to move or that piece is going to drop and take out this ladder on its way down, and hopefully he's still up there. And hopefully he's got a cell phone so he can call one of his friends to come get him down. Otherwise, you are gonna have to forward his mail because he's gonna become Tarzan. Another example of ladder in the bucket. Absolutely no condition is this legal or acceptable under OSHA standards. None. Last couple for you. This one here on the right side with the ladder on the Home Depot buckets. Anybody here tell me what a Home Depot bucket's rated for? I can tell you. Five gallon, okay? It's not rated for any weight. So essentially, he's on four air hockey pucks on a slick floor, and oh, by the way, on the top of the stepladder. So you get the idea. I don't want to bore you to death with a bunch of pictures today. But you get the hint, okay? People do these things all the time. It becomes second nature. What they did once and was acceptable to them and to their employer becomes the norm. It shouldn't be, but it does. All right, so let's talk a little bit about ladder safety. First and foremost, OSHA, our friends, they are, sort of, okay? They're really out there trying to do a good job and keep people safe, keep people from getting hurt and getting killed. Unfortunately, they're handed a set of regulations that sometimes aren't exactly explicit, I guess I'll say. When we talk standards, there's an OSHA standard for wooden ladders. There's one for metal ladders. There's no standard for fiberglass ladders. They're brand new, right? They've only been in the marketplace about 35 years. OSHA's a little slow sometimes. They're still doing research. But on that same topic, these are the top 10 most cited violations. And you'll notice that four out of those 10 deal with working at height. Fall protection, number one. Scaffolding, Ladders, and the newest one to hit the top 10 last year, fall protection training. And I do a program on that as well. So if you'd like to have me back sometime, I'll be more than happy to cover that one with you. The big thing on fall protection training, just real quick, is when I started in the industry 25, 30 years ago, your training was, if you even had a harness, here's your harness, put it on and go to work. Okay. Nobody thought anything otherwise. So you'll see that, you know, OSHA's out there looking for these working at height violations at Werner. And I'm not here to do a commercial for Werner Ladder. I'll bring up a couple of points that are unique to our equipment. Other than that, I just want to give you the basic information. that applies to all ladders across the market. But there obviously is an issue with people working at height, or they wouldn't be citing these many companies this many times for violation. Statistically, 2,000 ladder-related injuries across the U.S. every day. Now, let's think about that. Are all those reported? Do you think that the self-employed gutter hanger, the self-employed vinyl siding guy, Falls off the ladder he reports that probably not, or she, okay? So that number is more than likely way above that 2,000 figure. 364 fatalities last year, directly related to ladder incidents, that's one per day with one day off across the U.S. And the most common height, 6 to 10 feet that people fall and get hurt or get killed from. Now, think about that. 6 to 10 feet doesn't seem that high. As you get a little older like me, long in the tooth as they say, we also tend to get a little bit, little bit more round. Lucky for me, round is a shape, so I'm still in shape, okay? But when we climb, we tend to fall, and we're top-heavy, so we invert. So for a short-distance fall, you're going to land head first, most likely. That means severe spinal, neck, head trauma, possibly a fatality, possibly paralyzed. Now, that number is somewhat skewed because a lot of folks work on ladders one, two, three, four steps up, never go higher, painters, drywallers. Iron workers, utility workers that work at extreme height, there's a lot less people doing that. The two most common causes of ladder accidents are overreaching and forgetting or missing where the last step is. And that's usually an attention issue. They've been distracted or they're thinking about something else as they're coming down. And this happens more so on extension ladders than on step ladders, but they'll think they're at the bottom step and step off from the third or fourth rung up and take that three or four foot last step. Overreaching I used to teach this as the belt buckle method, but nowadays young people don't wear belts. So I call it the belly button method. Your belly button should always be between the rails of the ladder. As soon as you reach farther to the left or the right, you're overextending, you're putting yourself at risk for a fall. Make sense? So as I told you earlier, ladders, there are still some companies out there too that make wooden ladders. You don't see them in commercial industrial use much anymore. Main reason is they're heavy, they're hard to maintain, and they don't transport well. You put them on and off a ladder rack or in and out of a service truck multiple times, and they start to get loose. The joints start to come apart, so you don't see them very often. The most common one we see nowadays is the fiberglass ladder. Durable, but a little heavier and a little more expensive than its counterpart, the aluminum ladder. What's the downside to aluminum? Well, it dents, it bends, so it's not as durable, and as we saw with our friend in the photograph in the swimming pool, it's conductive. So, not a recommended ladder to be used anytime there is a potential for electrical energy or electrocution. But it's lower in cost, it's lighter in weight. So, particularly our friends that are painters, drywallers, they like them because they move that ladder multiple times a day, paint a couple feet, move the ladder, paint a couple feet. So, that little bit of weight savings translates into less wear and tear on the body, less fatigue, and hopefully increased productivity. It's also easier to clean. So, for people that are spray painting, They can take solvent to an aluminum ladder, and as long as they don't put it over the labels or the decals, it cleans the ladder off. Can't do that on fiberglass. You'll damage the fiberglass. So you got to pick the right ladder for the job. So how do we do that? I'm going to skip past this slide because this just shows a lot of different applications for working at height, and it's difficult to see from a distance. But as you do see, Werner has a lot of different solutions besides just your standard step ladders and extension ladders. So if you have questions or your coworkers have questions on how do I get from here to there, call me. That's what I'm here for. Going back to selection, this is available to you on our website, along with a lot of other valuable information. It's WernerCo, dot com. So these charts are available to show you if you need to get up to a specific height. We're assuming a worker 5'6 six to 6' six tall average with about a 12-inch arm reach above their body. So you can look at that chart and determine, I need to get to this height, what ladder do I need? Now we talk heights on ladders, and I know in the back it's a little difficult to see. This is a three-step, dual-sided step ladder. How high can I legally, by OSHA standard, climb up that ladder? One step, how many say one? How many say two? Okay, hate to tell you twos, you lose. All right, with a step ladder, you cannot step on the top cap or the top step, which is why, Reputable manufacturers put a label on there saying, do not climb on or above this point, especially the males in the room. Of course, we read the directions before we use everything. So that's a problem. So if I need to go up six feet to reach a 10 or 11-foot ceiling, how high of a ladder do I need? Well, it depends on how tall I am, number one. depends on how much I weigh, number two. What am I going to do while I'm on the ladder, number three? If I was a roofer and I was going to carry a bundle of shingles up onto the roof today, I cannot use a type 1A 300-pound ladder because I go about 225, 230, 70 pounds for a bundle of shingles, unless I'm coming to work naked today, which you don't want to see, I'm going to be over the weight requirement. So I'd have to go to a type 1AA, 350, rated ladder. Any ladder that's sold, doesn't matter the manufacturer, they're going to give you the total length. So again, example, this is a three foot step ladder, but it's got a working height of one foot. Same thing with your extension ladders. The total length is the total length of the ladder end-to-end, or if it's multiple section or flies, lay them end-to-end. So a 20-foot ladder is only going to have about a 15-foot maximum reach because all manufacturers of extension ladders will have either a three- or a four-rung overlap for strength. So your 20-foot ladder, when it's fully extended, is only going to go out to about 17 feet. Werner color codes all of its ladders. Across the industry, this is not specific by OSHA standard. OSHA says, refer to ANSI. ANSI says ladders must fall into these five categories, 200, 225, 250. Typically, you see that at Home Depot, Lowe's, Menards. It's your DIY type ladders for home use. Commercial industrial use, you'll normally see the 300, 375. Now, we color code all of our ladders. Any Werner ladder that's an orange ladder is a 300-pound ladder. Any yellow ladder is 375. But one of our major manufacturer competitors has reversed the colors. So be careful, you get what you pay for. So you go out and you look at our yellow ladder, it has a price of X dollars on it. And you look at their yellow ladder and wow, their yellow ladder is cheaper. It's because their yellow ladder is only a 300 pound ladder. So be careful. Also on our website is one of our inspection forms. This covers extension ladders, step ladders, specialty ladders, scaffolding product, but it is meant to be used on Werner ladders only. If you have other manufacturers, go to their website, contact them, see if they can provide you with a form or create your own. I do not recommend you use a Werner form for a competitor ladder, because that's gonna show to OSHA that you don't have the right form for the ladder that you're inspecting. Now, while we're on that subject, how often do I have to inspect my ladders? Pre-use, when else? Regularly, hmm, I looked at my calendar this morning, it said day, week, month, year. I don't have a calendar, that says regular. So, there's an OSHA letter of interpretation that basically says regular is at least once annually, With an increase in inspection, if you have high-risk environments or potential for damage to ladders, frequency increases. So you should have a documented inspection program that a competent person, at least once per year, inspects all your ladders and documents it. If you need assistance with that, let me know. I'll be more than happy to help you with the inspection and the documentation. And the best part is my price is free, so I'm in your budget. That's my commercial for that today. So to do an inspection, at Werner, we call it the walk it down method. Start at the top of the ladder and work to the bottom. So you got your top cap. Ours is the holster top that has some compartments and areas for tools. All labels. This is the part that gets confusing. Every label put on by the manufacturer must be present and must be legible. I've been in safety a long time. I don't always agree with OSHA. If you look at this ladder, you'll see multiple labels on there. Some of them, I would say, are important information. It tells me my, my weight rating, my maximum distance for reach, some other use information. I would say those are valuable information pieces that should be there so the user, if they have a question, can look at that. But this one at the bottom that just says Werner in a circle or an oval, is that really important? Probably not. But the ANSI standard says all labels must be present and must be legible. So if one of them is scraped up, scratched up, like this one down here, does not pass inspection. That should be set off to the side, tagged do not use, and be repaired or replaced. Now while I'm on that subject, Werner will sell you individual labels, about 75 cents a piece. We're not trying to make a big dollar on the labels. We basically sell them at cost. Some of our competitors sell them also, but they sell them in full kits. So you got to buy a $35 set of labels if you only need one. And some of our competitors don't sell them at all. So use your discretion or decision-making capability. We're then going to go down and look at the rails, rear rails, front rails, any cracks, any splits, any deformities, any holes that weren't put there by the manufacturer. Anybody here in the electrical industry? No? My electrician friends sometimes like to do this thing where they'll take a unibit and run a half or three-quarter inch hole through this side and this side of the ladder and put a piece of conduit through to put their spools of wire on and turn that ladder into a wire rack. Makes it efficient. Unfortunately, it disqualifies the ladder from future use. So don't do that. Spreader bars, horizontals, feet, all must be there. All must be present. All must be firmly attached. If you see these braces in any case where one rivet is attached, but the other hand is hanging down loose ladder does not pass. Spreader bars. Anybody ever seen the step ladder with the spreader bars bent out? Looks like an old TV antenna. Okay. That's usually from pulling it on and off the truck and it gets snagged on something and it bends it. Warner, you'll notice when our ladders fold up, the braces are on the inside. They're protected. So that doesn't happen. But that's one of the most common things that we see when we inspect ladders is spreaders that are broken or bent or seized up. Same, whoa, same process with an extension ladder. Start at the top, work your way down. Top caps must be present. Rails, rungs, points of attachment. Now, here's a tricky question for you. With an extension ladder, or a straight ladder, I have this rope. Might be able to get away with this today. It's called a halyard. All right, let's try the podium. So, do I have to use the rope to extend my stepladder by ANSI or OSHA standard? No, it's there for you to use, good idea but it does not have to be utilized, but it must be present. No common sense there, okay? The rope has to be there. The pulley has to be there. It all must be in good working condition, but you don't need to utilize it. If you want to slide that ladder up and down like I just did with one hand, totally your choice, not recommended because it is a pinch point concern. So we talked about walking down. Top of the ladder, crack, loose, missing parts. Rails, crack, bent, or frayed rails. Steps, anything loose, crack, bent, or missing. Spreader bars. Loose, bent, or broken. Labels. Missing or not readable. One letter cut off the corner. If you get a compliance officer that wants to give you a bad day, they can cite for that. Base. Bracing shoes must be there. If they're riveted on, the rivets must be intact. Some of the manufacturers now are gluing on their feet. And in general, no rust corrosion, no loose parts, no signs of fire exposure. So this gives you an example of some of the different labels that you'll see on the side of a ladder. Again, extension ladders tells you not designed to be separated. So you don't have two ladders. Can't take that ladder apart and use it in two different places. With certain manufacturers, excuse me, in certain models, it is legal to take that ladder apart, though, and use the bottom section standalone. But read your instructions. Where OSHA is always going to defer to is, Manufacturer's instruction. So, with that in mind, this nice step ladder here that I know I can only climb up one step on, can I climb up and down this backwards? Can I climb up this ladder and turn around and start to paint the wall or make an electrical connection or any plumbing or whatever it is that I'm doing? No. You must maintain three points of contact at all times on a ladder according to OSHA. Well, I don't know any way to climb up here and turn and maintain three points of contact. So that's either two feet in a hand or two hands and a foot, unless you've got a prehensile tail. Okay, so the only ladder that you're able to do that with, I'll show you at the end of the presentation. It's a specialty product. You must ascend and descend the ladder, always facing the ladder. And with a step ladder, you must Access and egress the ladder from the bottom only. That's a little odd. So, if I'm trying to climb up onto a working platform, we'll say this table, two and a half, three feet off the floor, can I climb up a step ladder a step or two and then step off onto an adjacent platform? No. Step ladders are designed to be accessed and egressed from the bottom only, not designed for side load. So if I'm going to access a higher height and I'm going to have to get off the ladder, I must go to a straight or an extension ladder. Now, this is where it gets a little weird with OSHA. That ladder, a straight ladder or extension ladder, is not designed in their mind or in their opinion to be a working platform. It's a means of access, egress, and inspection. So I can climb up and look at something. I can climb up and get off and on. And that's all I can use that for. That's one of the reasons why your straight ladder only has a rung that's approximately an inch and a quarter wide. It's not intended for you to stand on it all day long. This one's backwards, by the way. So, this is my means to get up onto that platform, but if I'm going to egress from the ladder onto another surface, whether it's a roof, a working platform, a catwalk, How much of my ladder must extend above the point of access egress? Three feet or three rungs, but no more than four. If we go more than four, we start to make the ladder top-heavy. But we go three feet, so you have significant ladder to have something to hang on to as you get on and off. If it's only sticking up a couple of feet, now you're having to bend down, and you're taking yourself out of balance. Same thing with a step ladder reason we only go up that one step on this ladder is if I start to lose my balance, I can reach down and grab the ladder and steady myself. But if I go up one more step, what am I grabbing? Air. I've learned to do a lot of things in my life. I haven't figured out how to climb air yet. Okay, it doesn't hold you up very well. One thing I do want to point out, we get a lot of questions on inspection on the side rails, particularly through fiberglass ladders. They are subject to UV damage and weathering, so when you put them on a truck and you take them around for service jobs or whatever, or in the plant, over time, they're going to weather. They're not going to look nice and shiny orange anymore like this one over here does. They're going to start to fade. Warner Company will permit you to take a can of clear polyurethane and spray those ladders down and reseal them. No problem. I can't tell you about the other manufacturers. You have to contact them. The main advantage to that is, number one, your ladder lasts last longer, and number two, when you slide your hands up and down those rails, as they start to fuzz, as we call them, you can get fiberglass splinters, and they're difficult to find and remove. So it's a good idea to keep them in good condition and keep that gel coat or that clear coat in good condition. Backing up anyway. All of these ladders would pass inspection. There are no defects. What I recommend you do is grab the edge and try to roll it in your hand. And if it starts to crumble, that ladder needs replaced. Okay, if it's just faded and weathered, as long as there's no cracks, no splits, no holes, no runs, no drips, no errors, you're good to go. All right. Repair. This is a question I get a lot. What if my ladder doesn't pass inspection? Well, if it's just a sticker or a decal, I can order that. I can put it off the corner with a tag on it saying do not use, and I can get that sticker, replace it, and put it back into service. Warner will sell you individually <clears throat> almost every component of the ladder. We will not sell the top cap of a stepladder. We will not sell rails. We do sell feet. We sell braces. We sell uh, spreader bars. We sell individual steps. The trick, though, is once you decide to field repair those, your company now assumes some liability in the manufacturing process. Some places are willing to do that. Some are not. It's a management decision. I can't tell you which is right or wrong. I just want to make sure you're aware that you can get replacement parts for our product. So we talked about three points of contact. We talked about always facing the ladder. Somebody mentioned when I first came in today doing a ladder race. This is something we see and I would say it's plumbers, pipe fitters and electricians most often and painters. They want to get on that ladder, they're going to work that light bulb and then they're going to walk it across the floor and I'm no good at it. As you can see, that is completely unacceptable, unsafe and it wears your ladders out. So if you need to move the ladder, climb down to the bottom, walk it over, move the ladder, pick it up, reascend. No top two steps. No sitting or standing on the top. Anybody ever done that? Climb up on that ladder, sit down and work on something? We've all done it. Come on, be honest. I did it before I knew better. Okay. Also, you'll notice in the picture here, we're set up right near a doorway. Be very careful. If you're setting a ladder up, particularly if you're directly in front of or behind that door, somebody can come blasting through that door and not know you're there. And either knock that ladder off from under you, take you down with it, or they're going to try to open the door. It's impeded by the ladder, and now they face plant into the door as they're trying to go through because they don't know it's obstructed. So if you're working on the opposite side of a door with a ladder, put a sign up. Do yourself a favor. We talked about three foot above. One thing we didn't talk about was proper climbing angle. For a straight or extension ladder, if I'm going up, my ladder must extend away from the wall one foot for every four feet it extends up in the air. I have never in my career seen anybody pull a tape. Measure the ladder, measure the distance. It's always eyeball. In the fire service, we teach a technique. You put your toes up against the bottom of the, of the ladder, reach out in front of you, and the rung that's closest to your chest or parallel you should be able to put your palm on the rung. If your ladder is too shallow, what's my risk? Bottom's going to kick out and I'm going to ride that ladder down the wall. If I'm too steep, what's my risk? Yeah, Animal House. John Belushi. Okay? Away you go. Gravity always will win in the end. What goes up will always come down sooner or later. Feet must be flat and level. This is another thing that I see a lot of MacGyverisms. Two pieces of two by four, a brick, and a rock, and I put that under this leg in the corner so I can level up my ladder. Not a good idea. Almost all the major ladder manufacturers make extendable feet that you can bolt onto your ladder that will solve that issue for you. So, again, we have solutions. It's just a matter of finding or asking. Last thing I'll talk about before we get into questions, a couple of new products you may or may not be aware of. Anybody ever gotten into trouble, either OSHA-wise or from a compliance manager, supervisor, for using a stepladder in a leaning position? I know there's more than one. Thanks for being honest. Okay. The the problem with this is a couple of things. Number one, on your typical step ladder, if it's folded up and I'm leaning it into the wall and I know in the back it's hard to see, how much of the foot is on the floor? Not much at all. If you think about it, and I'm going to set this mic down for just a minute. When you set your typical step ladder into a storage room, One set of feet is usually shorter than the other. So what happens is when you lean into the wall, you're only supporting the weight on two of the four rails. You've only got the corner of the foot in contact with the floor. And as the ladder starts to open up, as you go up and down a a few times, now the front legs start to come into contact and the ladder starts to walk back and forth. So it's an unstable platform. This ladder can legally be used that way. Just had a meeting with OSHA area directors, all four of them, two weeks ago. They are now aware that this ladder can be used in that situation. Now, why? Well, number one, we've locked the front rails to the back rails. There's a little catch here. So when the front rails are are swung into the storage position, They're locked into place. They can't scissor back open. Number two, you'll notice on this ladder, this front rail system is heavier duty than the back. That's the same rails that we use on our extension ladder. So a 300-pound ladder will safely support 300 pounds on just the front rail system. We also curved the feet slightly, so you've still got significant contact with the floor. And we V-notched the top, so if you need to lean it into, a stud, a pipe, a conduit, you can do that without having to do this illegally and try to find the exact middle so that the ladder doesn't want to rock and roll as you climb up on it. They're available in both 300 and 375-pound capacity. The thing that we did basically for OSHA's benefit, you'll notice this ladder has an orange front and a yellow back. I told you earlier, orange ladders are 300 pounds, yellow ladders are 350. So which one is that? The front rail system indicates the weight rating. So this one being orange on the front side is a 300-pound ladder. Our 350 would be yellow on the front, orange in the back. But we did that on purpose to make it very obvious to OSHA and to other safety supervision that that is a lean-safe model ladder. There's no other ladder on the market that's dual color like that. So it's very, very obvious. Another one that's fairly new, our Podium. I told you earlier, you can't turn around backwards on a step ladder or on an extension ladder. However, on this ladder, you can. Because there's a significant area here, about 18 inches square, that you can stand on, still maintain that hand contact as you pivot around. So this is a very versatile product. Question. I'm sorry? It's just high-vis, so you see it. It's, that's a 300-pound model. We also make that ladder in a 350 in various heights. And I've got handouts on both these models if you guys want them at the end. I just didn't throw them on every table because half of them will wind up not used. If you'd like one at the end, let me know. Again, the downside to this product is this is where it's ideally worked from. Can you work from these lower steps? Yeah, but this ladder's a little bit deeper, so it's a little bit cumbersome. Anybody here heard of Turner Construction? Large company, one of the largest in the U.S. They started a thing two years ago in January, Ladder's Last Resort. They're trying to remove ladders from all construction sites. So if you work on a, on a Turner job, this is the only ladder that they'll accept. Same thing at BP Energy. Because that's not actually a ladder. That is a portable work platform. Falls under a different set of criteria. And again, in, in both, oh, why does it skip? 300 and 375 pound capacity. I think I said 350 earlier. I'm sorry, it's 300, 375. Dual purpose, <laughs> excuse me, this ladder can be locked into two positions used as an A-frame or as a straight ladder. Uh, for those of you that do service work with smaller vans, particularly the companies now that are doing electrical service, HVAC service, and they're trying to use minivans, these will actually fit inside a full-size SUV or a van, so you don't have to put a ladder rack on the roof, it gives you a little more flexibility. And then our tripod, I always love to bring this one up. Anybody ever seen a tripod ladder? Okay, these aren't new. They've been out for about 50 years. They started in the fruit industry, orchards, and the orange groves, because they could get in closer to the tree to pick fruit. They're starting to spill over now into industrial applications. The nice thing is, that ladder fits really nice in between a stud wall with that front leg only. So there is some versatility and some access you can gain with this ladder you can't gain with a standard step ladder. And then, the last new product is our compact lightweight 300 pound model only as you'll see the top two steps are a little wider again cuts down on that fatigue factor if you're going to be up there for a long period of time gives you a more stable platform to work on but to cut the weight you lose that top tray access for tools again you know there's always choices in life questions on anything we've covered today all right go ahead yeah You're talking about stairways, portable steps? Different set of standards. Does not fall into the ladder standard. There actually is a rolling stairway standard. Now, some ladders, and Warner makes a couple that you can buy wheel kits that would go onto a step ladder that would allow you to roll it around in like a warehouse application or a storage type application. But those must be installed either at the factory or exactly to specification with the installation kit that comes with it. So again, make sure if it says drill a 316 hole, you drill a 316 hole. You oversize or undersize and something goes wrong, you've now assumed that manufacturing liability. Again, some companies will choose to do that and some will not. Ladders, my opinion, you know, it's a perfectly safe platform. The the trick is get the right ladder for the right job and use it correctly. You know, don't overreach. Don't try to make the six-foot ladder work when you need a ten-footer and stand on the top. You know, make sure it's set up on good, solid footing, level ground. It's it's the simple things that usually cause the problems in the end. Fundamentals. Other questions. Destroy them somehow. My suggestion is get a sawzall, rip them right down the center. Don't cut them in short sections. I actually lost a court case in my previous work experience at a company where someone had come along and brought a twenty foot extension ladder, old aluminum extension ladder, through in our dumpster. Back then, our dumpster wasn't secured. Guy came to me and said, "What do I do with this ladder hanging out of the dumpster?" And I didn't think about it. Really, I should have. I said, "We'll leave it in there. They're coming tonight to dump the dumpster. They'll take it, or one of the scrappers will get it. Well, that's exactly what happened. One of the scrappers came along that afternoon, took that ladder home, and what was wrong with it was the very bottom rail on one side was bent 90 degrees. Well, he took it home and straightened it out and tried to use it. And about two weeks later, fell off of it, broke his ankle, sued our company, and won. Yep. Now, here's the, here's the tricky part, and some folks here will remember this. I'm dating myself now. Remember the those of us that are probably over 40, when we watch Saturday morning cartoons and it was always that public service announcement that came out that said, if you're getting rid of an old refrigerator, chain the door shut or take the door off. And this is back in the day when the refuse companies would take them from the curb. Like I said, I, I've been here since just about when the dinosaurs left. They quoted the same case law and they said, you should have identified, not me personally, but the company should have identified the fact that ladder was hazardous and made it inaccessible or impossible for someone to use. And since we did not do that, was a $24,000 settlement, okay? So, same thing with fall protection equipment. If you're taking it out of service permanently, cut it up, okay? Take a a pair of scissors, take a razor knife carefully, okay, and cut those things up. The problem is if you cut these, I've seen people take and they'll saw them off this way. Well, now somebody takes that top section and takes that two-foot stepladder home as a stool. Doesn't have the right feet, doesn't have the right balance points anymore. And if it's used and they can track it back to your company, you're responsible. Good question. Any others? Don't be bashful. I always say there's no dumb question. I just have a lot of dumb answers. No more. All right. I'll be around for a little bit after the presentation today. If you have questions individually, come see me. One last thing I want to point out. I do this training program. I do a fall protection training program, and I do fall protection equipment inspections and ladder inspections. And the best part is it's in your budget. I'm free. Just contact me. Thanks for your time. Thank you for listening. We hope you enjoyed today's podcast. For more episodes, check us out on iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, Podbeam, or Stitcher. To get new episodes sent directly to your phone or smart device, be sure to subscribe. To learn more about how your company can earn up to a 4% Ohio BWC premium rebate by becoming an active member of the Portage County Safety Council, please visit our website at www.portagecountysafetycouncil.wordpress.com. The preceding information is for entertainment purposes only. Views expressed may not reflect the views of any affiliated or sponsoring individuals or organizations. Listeners should carefully weigh information provided and seek advice from an appropriate professional before implementing. Listener discretion is advised.